Thank you for tuning in to the Living Hope Church podcast. This is a free resource given to you uh, for your benefit and for your faith to be grown in the Lord. So we encourage you, if you are a Living Hope Church member, to share this podcast, to share these sermons, if they have fueled your faith in any way. And if you are not a Living Hope Church member, we pray and encourage you to stay and remain faithful in a local body, a local church for the building of the body, and that this would only be a supplement for your faith. But we do pray that this encourages you in your faith, all for His glory and for His name's sake. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get into the sermon. I want to ask you a question this morning to start off. For whatever knowledge you have of the Bible, would you agree that some of the people in the Bible got to do some amazing things? Yeah. Right? How about crossing the Red Sea on dry ground? That would be cool. How about winning a battle with the help of someone on a hill just simply raising their hands? Or how about seeing an altar made of uncut rock with a sacrifice drenched in water with even a pool of water all around it get totally consumed by fire that came from the sky? Now that's a blast, right? Would that not be pretty cool to be a part of and to see and to witness? One more example, how about being thrown into a a den of lions who are starving, and they don't eat you. That's not just amazing, that'd be very relieving, wouldn't it? (laughs) Was God clearly seen through what these people went through? You got a real taste of who the creator of the heavens and the earth is by these events and the people involved in them. You know, we also see Jesus doing some amazing things in his word. The recorded history, it's passed down to us. How about, how would you like to feed thousands of people on not just one occasion, but two occasions from just a handful of loaves of bread and a few fish? Would you like to be a part of that? Would you like to see that happen? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Or how about seeing blind people, paralytics, any disease you could think of, healed, brought to health, paralytics, rising up, walking away with their beds. Would that be pretty amazing? How about seeing a storm commanded to stop? For you fishermen out there, you would love it, right? Because then you could keep on fishing. But right there, while the waves are tossing around, Jesus says, stop. And creation obeyed. That's pretty amazing. We get to see Jesus very clearly through these instances. Casting out demons. Another way where we see who Jesus is. We see him very clearly. And for followers of Jesus, it does. It strikes us as amazing. Look at what Jesus can do. See him clearly. We invite others to read his word and see him clearly. This is, this is Jesus. This is your Savior. This is our rescuer. See him as he is. Certainly he is the Son of God. But then we read the end of the Gospels. 
you know, yeah, an amazing event happened, but, you know, it was 2,000 years ago. I mean, must all, must good, all good things come to an end? Or does it? You know, Jesus says something during his farewell address to his disciples that is pretty astounding. This is what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Let's pray. Jesus, we present ourselves before you right now. We open up your word and we consider your sayings. May our hearts be ready to receive. So Holy Spirit, we've already welcomed you through song. We welcome you through your word. Do your work. Teach us. Guide us. Move us more towards you that we might see you more clearly. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This verse bears repeating. This is, these are the words of Jesus, okay? Let them sink in. Maybe you've heard them before. It's like, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Look at them anew. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me, shall do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. That sounds great, doesn't it? Guess what? Here, Jesus is calling us to do and be a part of amazing things. The amazing things that that I've highlighted, some of them, they don't stop. Because Jesus, as the scripture was read, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So join with me and think about the ramifications, what follows if Jesus is really telling the truth here. I've been very challenged by this passage this past week. I have felt something just like building up in my heart. It's like... This is huge. I don't get it. But, I, but what would it look like if I were to actually live as if this is true? That's what belief is. Biblical belief is not just mere intellectual agreement. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. But then nothing changes. No, true belief is that your life aligns with what you say you believe. In other words, you live it out because you hold it as true. So the question becomes, yeah, we all might say that we believe this, but what does our lives say about our belief, particularly in this verse this morning? I mean, that's what I've been wrestling with. Whoever believes in me, okay, that, that is me. I am one who believes in Jesus, that he's the Savior of the world. He's my Savior. I've received him. I will do the same works he did? Wait, what? That's a challenge. 
It's a big challenge. Well, maybe, maybe we're not understanding it correctly. So let's take a look at the context and see, okay, are we thinking about this rightly? Are we thinking about according to where we find the statement? So John 14, verse 12, is in the context of the last night that Jesus had before going to the cross. He is preparing his disciples for what was about to happen. Yeah, sometimes they didn't get it, but he was still, his attempt was to prepare them for what was about to happen and what would follow. After Jesus gives his new commandment to love one another, which we looked at last week as the foundation for community, the four of his disciples interject as Jesus begins to explain this. The first question comes from Peter. Peter asks him, Lord, where are you going? Because Jesus had just said, where I'm going, you cannot come. So Peter's like, Jesus, where are you going? In response, Jesus answers Peter, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. And then Peter's like, I will follow you wherever you go. And this is when Jesus says, Peter, today you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. Jesus then encourages disciples in light of this going away. So he, there's this theme of this going away that he continues. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Then Thomas speaks up and asks a question. He says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus' response is a well-known verse. Jesus said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So after Jesus says this, another disciple, Philip. Philip makes this request, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. And Jesus responds, in verses 9 through 11, he says this. John 14, 9 through 11. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So, so far we see several themes coming up. One, the connection between Jesus and the Father. Secondly, the works in connection to seeing the Father. Also, Jesus talking about where he's going someplace. But definitely this theme of he and the Father are one. Jesus is in the Father, the Father is in me. Connected to the works that Jesus did. And that immediately follows our verse. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Okay, so what are the works that Jesus is referring to? So let's think about what Jesus did. Okay, some of these stories. What if Jesus went around and he said... 
Behold, grass, grow. He walks away. Nothing happens until two or three weeks later when we see little shoots of ground come up. Would that be amazing? Or how about Jesus said, Behold, sun, rise in the east and set in the west. Would that be pretty amazing? We just sit and watch. Yeah, it's about that time when it goes, oh. I mean, would we be amazed about Jesus doing that stuff? No, those are natural occurrences. Those are part of God's world that he's placed in a certain particular order. The works that Jesus is referring to are the ones that we are amazed at. And the ones that his audience, his disciples, the people around him, were amazed at because they don't happen ordinarily. All right, so guess what? The things that came up into our mind, what this word works refers to, it seems like we're on track. Yeah, our first impression that these are his miracles that he did, those are his works that he's referring to, makes sense. It fits the context. So we are not misinterpreting misusing this word works, we understand what Jesus is referring to when he says, these works that I do, whoever believes in me will do those as well. So, let's consider three points from this passage. First, the Father was clearly seen through Jesus. That's how he answers Philip's question. Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be enough for us. It's like Philip's thinking, man, all we want to do is just see the Father, and we're there with you, Jesus. But what's his response? You've seen the Father because you've seen me. Have I been with you for so long, and yet you still have this question, show us the Father? Because I'm in the Father, the Father is in me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, I had a recent discussion with somebody, and it's this contrast between the picture of God some people get from the Old Testament compared to the New. You know, it's like, oh, New Testament God is... Mean, he's angry, judgmental. But in New Testament, he's the God of love. He sends Jesus. Jesus is so cool. He's awesome. I love Jesus. Guess what? It's the same God. Same God. I pointed out when this, brought, when this contrast was brought up, I was like, wait a second. God waited over 400 years before he judged the people in sin in the promised land. 400 years he gave them to repent to turn. Is that not grace? Is that not gracious of him? 400 years. That's almost twice as long as the United States has been in existence. Now, come on. That is grace. Or think of in Hosea. Hosea was a prophet, and God commanded him to marry a prostitute to demonstrate God's love for his people. So even though the people kept going away, going after other gods, like a prostitute goes after other, other men, God stays faithful as a husband. Now, isn't that not love? The kind of never giving up, always there, redeeming kind of love that we all long for? And that's in the Old Testament. So let me just address this. The God that we see through Jesus 
If, the, if he and the Father are one and we see love through Jesus, guess what? It's the same one we read in the Old Testament. God is love. God is a redeeming God. He's a powerful God. We see the Father clearly through Jesus. Everything that Jesus said and did came from his Father. It was to show the Father. The supernatural works that Jesus did were the works that he saw his Father doing. Jesus never stepped out of the authority of the Father in what he said or did. In other words, Jesus abided in the Father because he loved the Father. So Jesus walked in the authority of the Father. He obeyed him to the end. Whatever he saw the Father doing, whatever he heard the Father saying, Jesus said and did those things. Never stepped out of the authority of the Father. Second point, Jesus is clearly seen through his followers when they walk under his authority. So how are we supposed to have a relationship with God? That's why we say, look to Jesus. What did Jesus do? His life was surrounded by what the Father was doing, and he said and did whatever he heard the Father saying and doing. So, we follow Jesus' example. We say the things that we hear Jesus telling us to say, and we do the things that we hear Jesus telling us to do. That, what it, that's what it means to walk under authority of Jesus. That's what it means to be in the kingdom. What is a kingdom? A kingdom has a person at the top with all authority, sovereign. And there's a way of life that follows from that person at sovereign. And the people are all within that realm who, when they obey, when they follow, they are within the kingdom. They are within the kingdom. John 14, verses 13 through 14. It just follows our passage, it follows our verse. He says, whatever, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name. There's the authority right there. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. All right, if the previous verse, verse 12 wasn't that amazing, Consider what he just says here. Let me read this again. Whatever, no conditions, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Why? So that the Father is glorified through the Son. Again, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. See, when we walk under Jesus' authority, where are we? We are in the kingdom. 
That was the main message that Jesus taught. Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And now you have a little bit of idea of why that was the case. Because the Father, the Son, Jesus, was walking in the authority of the Father. And they, were, they have experienced that kind of relationship for eternity past. So what we see going on in, in heaven, what we long for, what we dream of to be in God's presence, the Father and Son experience, along with the Spirit, for eternity past. And guess what? Jesus comes to the earth. He's sent, sent by the Father. He does everything that the Father tells him to do and everything that the Father tells him to say, he does it. That hasn't changed. Guess what? So the kingdom of heaven is now present. Why? Because Jesus is walking around in the authority of the Father, and he's teaching and training other people to walk in the fullness of the kingdom by living a certain way. And when we live a certain way according to the way that God has designed life, we're walking in his kingdom. The love that each of you want that is in the kingdom. The hope, that's all part of the kingdom. Jesus is clearly seen through his followers when they walk in Jesus' authority. And so for us as a church, we want you to take seriously this living out a kingdom culture, this kingdom way of life. Part of it comes by living under Jesus' authority, by living Jesus' way of life, which is intimacy with the Father. That's at the core. That's where he's taking us. Here's the other kicker that just continues to boggle my mind. And this is point three. If you are in Christ, this comes directly from our verse. If you are in Christ, then you already have his authority. So the things that we listed that Jesus did were done in the Father's authority. And now we have, those who are in Christ, we are under Jesus' authority. He says, whoever believes in my name will do the works that I do. Have you ever really thought about that? You, if you are in Christ, if you find yourself in the same, yes, I am in Jesus. He is my Savior. I am one of His. Guess what? This verse applies to you. I'm sorry. This is, this is crazy. Honestly, I, this is where, man, what if I lived this out? What would my life look like? Would people see Jesus clearly through me? Because that's one of the things I want. Jesus has redeemed me. He saved me. I have experienced such love. The, the Holy Spirit song, uh, there's, there's no greater love. There's, I've tasted and seen, just talking about the love, no sweeter love than the love that we've received from Jesus. I want people to see that sweetness of love. I want them to be drawn. I want them to desire Jesus because of what he's done for me. I want them to see him clearly 
through me. The works that Jesus did, people saw Jesus clearly. They saw the Father clearly through the works that Jesus did. And that's why this is part of a kingdom life. When we walk into those works under the authority of Jesus, then people see Jesus clearly through us. Jesus wants people to see him clearly through you and through you, through you, through you, through all of us. There's no conditions here. He says, whoever believes in my name. Okay, it doesn't matter if you have more hair than I do. It doesn't matter if you're taller. It doesn't matter if you can bench press more than me or Jesus or whatever. Whoever believes in my name. No conditions. Whoever believes in my name, that's it. Do you believe in Jesus? Guess what? You're open and available to do the works, the same things that amaze us in the scriptures about what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. Jesus still wants to do those through us today. Now again, we come to this word belief. In our culture, it means simply intellectual agreement. So if I had to ask you, do you believe this verse? We'd all say, yes, I believe it. But then we look at our lives. That's the test. Because you don't truly believe something until you live it out. You live as if it's true. So do you believe that you have the same authority that Jesus has because you are a follower of Jesus based on John 14, 12. Yeah, we want to say yes, don't we? I know you do. Why? Because we want to see Jesus. We want to be used by him. Here's another basis for why we have the authority of Christ, and this is from earlier in God's, John's gospel, John 1, 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That word for right is the same word for authority. When we read about the Great Commission, when Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go to the ends of the earth, making disciples, that word for authority is the same word used here. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the authority to become children of God. See, being a child of God is your identity. It is who you are. When you come to Christ, your old identity has been replaced by a new identity. You're not only forgiven of all your sin, wrongdoing before the Lord. That's not the only thing that happens. You don't just get fire insurance. There's a lot more that's going on. You're placed in the kingdom of heaven, which means you are under the authority of the king of kings and lord of lords. And so when we walk in that authority, we demonstrate the present reality of the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So 
Jesus' intention is for the church to walk and live in the kingdom, which is to say, to live under his authority, which is to say, to live as who you are, a child of God. The rest of my notes are blank. Usually I turn to some application points. So here's how we're going to apply it. Guess what? If we believe this, then we could practice this right now. If the name Jesus means something, things will happen when we walk in his authority. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just walk in the authority of Jesus. What did Jesus do? He went around. People came to him with problems, physical problems. Sometimes they were deeper, forgiveness of sins. So if the name of Jesus means something and you're a follower of him, which means you get to walk in the same works that Jesus did, so the best application point that I can think of is let's practice it right now. I mean, if we're going to believe that this is true, then we can take action on it. Am I making sense here? And this is the challenge, right? Because it's scary. It's scary to want, you see somebody hurting in the grocery line, limp, something, and say, and just step out there and say, you know, may, may I just pray for you? And then in the name of Jesus, address that. And pray for their healing right then and there in the authority of Jesus. Again, it's not my authority. It's delegated. It's been given to us. Whoever believes in my name will do the works that I do. But that situation is scary. What if nothing happens? So let me just share. I, I can relate to the scary feeling of actually putting myself out there in that kind of way to trust God to do a work so that people see that the kingdom of heaven is here and now. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is alive and well. This is not, this is, this is not just self-fulfilling prophecy here. Psychologists who don't have a framework of the kingdom of heaven would say, oh, they're just, it's just, it's just the group community. It's all in their head. No. No. I bet you any of these people who shared, who saw change, wanted the pain to go away before they even arrived here. They already wanted the pain, but it was not going. It only seemed to happen when we brought the authority of Jesus to bear on that pain. And if Jesus is, is this, if this is all a lie, then tell me, why did something happen? And not only that, why have things been happening for the past 2,000 years when things have been prayed for in the name of Jesus? Jesus is alive and well. All of you are witnesses to this day. 
We walked in the authority of Jesus. Would you like to see more of that kind of stuff? Yes. This is part of the way of life, what we call kingdom culture here, of living life under Jesus. We don't just get the benefit. Guess what? Jesus wants to share the benefits through us, as weak as we are. The name of Jesus means something. And we just saw him clearly right now, that he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Yes, all authority has been given to him. We don't have any of it. All we are doing is wielding the authority that we have as children of God. That's all we're doing. That's what it means to live life under his authority. That's what it means to live life in the kingdom. Those of you who just shared that you had pain, you want a prayer, thank you. Thank you for taking that step to trust God. I know it doesn't always happen. I'm not saying, I'm not promising anything that it will always occur. But the fact that it does sometimes tells us that Jesus is alive and well. Yeah, he has his reasons. But we will hang on to the times that it does happen. Because guess what? If Jesus' name didn't mean anything, it would nothing, nothing would occur at all every single time. So Jesus doesn't have to show that he is Lord of lords, King of kings, by happening every time. He just has to show us a few times that it actually did something when we prayed in his name. So there's your application point. I gave you a model of how to pray. And now, when we leave these doors, no matter where we're going, we walk in the authority of Jesus. We are living out his way of life, wielding his name to fight back the darkness, to fight back the sickness, the pain, the things that he purchased on the cross, We fight back the kingdom of darkness that wants people in bondage and not the freedom that Jesus brings. The enemy wants those things. The enemy wants us to stay nice and quiet in here. He's fine if this is where we are and we don't do anything out there. May the darkness fear when the name of Jesus is lifted up and we go out. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. Holy Spirit, we give you thanks and praise for moving in our midst and showing, demonstrating that Jesus is alive and well. And we saw him clearly. We thank you. Oh, we thank you. And you know where each of our hearts are at. And you love us right where we're at. Meaning you do not reject us. You do not say, you're not good enough. Oh, you don't have enough belief in me? Fine, forget you. Off you go. You don't say that. You are with us. 
wherever we're at with grace and forgiveness and mercy. And so right now, I pray that you would just breathe a breath of fresh air of your love and your mercy to the hearts that need it this morning. I know there's loneliness going on. I know there's bitterness and anger. There's hurt. There's all these things going on, just along with physical pain. In your wisdom, in the name of Jesus, please deal with it, each individual level. Fill us with your love. 